Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. So we've probably all been there, right? We've had that person that we didn't, we didn't know how to reach across and, and preserve the love that was there in the beginning. Sometimes it's even ourselves. We don't know how to reach to ourselves and love ourselves, either because we've done something that we find unforgivable or we just can't find the value in ourselves. In the season for nonviolence, we're exploring how is it that we are violent in relationships. And it's easy to see violence, well, certainly in physical form, but it's easy to feel, see violence when it is verbal. And we're saying <clears throat> these terrible things to people or they're being said to us. And when we're attacked, <clears throat> what do we do? We, we counterattack. We defend ourselves. And we're, and we're both screaming. Some of us have been in that place many times, but not all of us, because that's not the only way of expressing violence. The other way is to shut down. It's still a war tactic. We get in our trenches, our foxholes of the mind and the heart, and we refuse to connect with the person because we're scared. But so, are, so is the person that's attacking or defending. That's all fear. Fear is the root of violence. Sometimes what happens is we are in denial. Somebody's asking something of us or, or trying to tell us something and we're denying. No, 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 that's not true. We're not letting it in and considering. And that is a form of violence. We're called here to do something different. When we say that our mission is to embody love, that can't be empty words. We have to put it into action. So how do we do that in relationship? Instead of attacking and defending or avoiding and denying, we disclose and connect. That's what love looks like in relationship. Love doesn't mean <clears throat> that we always agree with each other. Good luck finding that. <laughs> and, and if you did, it would be boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. But how do we disagree? How do we ask for our needs? And so disclosing is not like... You know, I, I just have to tell you that you're being a jerk. <laughs> That's not disclosing. Disclosing is something like, 
owning what is going on inside of us in the moment. Paying attention to our bodies because our bodies are far more eloquent than our mouths are usually. So it might be something like, I'm, I'm just feeling tight all over. Or I'm feeling this churning in my belly. Or I'm, I'm noticing that I just want to run out of this room and get as far away from you as possible. Saying that is very different from actually bolting. It's telling the truth. This is a skill that takes immense courage because fear is running the show at the moment. I was talking with somebody um, in the break between the services and she was talking about um, a parenting book about whole brains and she said there's like the upstairs brain and the downstairs brain. And the upstairs brain, which is not developed in your children, if your parents have young children, um, it is where the thought processes are and reason. And you can, you can think about something from another person's point of view. And then the downstairs brain is the primitive one where I'm scared and I'm going to react. And the thing is that you don't hit that magic age of seven and then move permanently into your upstairs brain. <laughs> you might have noticed that. So if you're in your downstairs brain, fear is running the show and you have to have a practice, a practice that will come to your aid in that moment that you can rely on. And that practice is to disclose what is going on. The, the beautiful thing that I like about referring to what's going on in your physical body is that when you're in your downstairs brain, words often fail. But you might be able to grab onto a sensation and just describe the sensation even though you don't yet know why is that sensation. With the sensations, as you pay attention to it, you'll learn your own personal vocabulary. So generally speaking, when you're feeling something in the belly, it's probably fear. Generally, when you're feeling something here, it's probably sadness. Generally, when you're feeling something here in the shoulders, it's probably anger. But you figure out for yourself what it is. There's lots of words for emotions, but if you keep it down to mad, sad, glad, and scared, it's easy to remember. So we're called to disclose, because when we disclose, we begin to connect. It's important to be curious about what is going on for the other person. What, what would cause them to say whatever they just said or to do whatever they just did? These are ways that we can be inclusive and welcoming in our relationships. Sometimes 
we're in relationship or in, in the vicinity of somebody who is not interested in having a relationship with us that is honest and connected. Their fear is too big and, and they're not capable of it in that time. In those situations, the loving thing for us to do is to not take on their garbage. We are not a big cosmic garbage can here to take whatever somebody wants to dump. And so mentally, we can just say, oh, lid is closed. And, and they can be offering that. But if the lid is closed, we don't have to take it. This, I, I read that particular phrase from a psychologist that I follow who um, was talking about how his son came home from school, middle school probably, where all the hellish stuff happens, but um, he, was, he was made to sit at a punishment table in the lunchroom because he had done something, been too loud, whatever. He came home just so full of shame and, and upset about it. And, the dad was trying to come up with his psychologist tools to make him feel better, and he wasn't able to fix him. And finally, he, he came up with that. He said, well, you know, you could just say, my heart won't let me do that. Send me to the principal instead. And the kid was like, really? I've got some choices? And it felt empowering to him, but it involved acknowledging that this doesn't feel good, and I don't have to accept it. So when something is coming at us, because sometimes it will, we do not have to accept it. We can make another choice. All of this, all of this makes more sense if we know why it's happening. And I don't mean, you know, why that person is acting that way. They woke up on the wrong side of the bed or whatever. I mean, uh, here on planet Earth, why are we dealing with violence in our relationships? Why are we having to reach across and say, say something? Why is that happening? The best explanation that I have come across is from a man named Colin Tipping, who wrote books called Radical Forgiveness, Expanding into Love, is one that I was reading more recently. And he talks about how we are, and this is, what, this is our first principle, all there is is love, right? The, the love force that creates all that is. That's all that there is. And the second principle is we are expressions of that. So as that love force that's creating everything, we are here to, as God to expand our understanding of ourselves as love. We are here to expand love in the cosmos. And how do we do that? We do that by experiencing the illusion of separation 
so that we can bridge it. In this illusion, it appears like there is no possibility for love. I just have to give up on you. There's no way I can love you. There's no way I can love this. But if we hold on to our principle, then there's nothing there except love. And as we find a way to go over that, then there is more love present. So we come into form, and we have, he, he describes it as karmic units. Karmic units do not exist. It's just a way of talking about it to help us to wrap our brains around it. But so we come in, and we are these amazing beings of light who decide, okay, I'm going to come in and I'm going to experience separation in this particular way so that I can overcome that. And as we come in, we go through this spiritual amnesia, mandatory experience. We have no idea what we were thinking. And we want to have, a, at some point, we want to have a talking to whoever it was that thought that this was a good idea. But <clears throat> there we are. We have this experience. So for example, we have abandonment by a parent. That's a common one. And because we have this abandonment, it is so huge. We don't know how to process it. And so what do we do? We stuff it. We stuff all that emotion because we cannot process it. And now there's this energy. There's this energy that's living in us as we go forward. And energy attracts like energy. We don't know that energy's there because we stuffed it. As that energy goes along, it attracts. And here we are in school, and our very best friend in all the world abandons us. Now we've got another major hurt. We're, we're accumulating karmic units here. And, and we stuff that feeling too. And the energy keeps going and keeps going. And maybe, you know, the boyfriend dumps us or we get married and now we get divorced. And it just keeps on going. Has anybody else noticed a pattern <laughs> in the things that happen in your life? And you're, you're telling yourself, again? I thought I'd been through this already. How many times do I have to go to therapy? Whatever it is, there's a pattern. But at some point, we hit the wall. At some point, we cannot keep doing what we've been doing. And we begin to face it and unpack it. And we become available for the love that we are to spill out from us, to bridge that gap between where we are and what we think cannot be loved, even if what we think cannot be loved is right here in the mirror. Does that make sense? That's what we're here doing. So when we have someone in our lives that appears unlovable, who is mean to us, 
whatever it is, whether it's somebody that we're married to, somebody that we work for, just the cranky old clerk in the grocery store, whatever, wherever we come across that, that is our opportunity to embody love. That doesn't mean allowing the person to do something mean to us. We can close the lid, but it's a call for our heart to open up and just let that flow, that love flow. When we do that, we begin to see the world differently. Instead of having a list of all these people that did us wrong, we see that all of these people set the stage for us to be more loving. That it really happened for our good, not for our comfort. Definitely not for our comfort, <laughs> but for our good. And at the end of the day, as we look back, we realize that we are more of who we came here to be, which is love. And so it has all been for our good. So let's do our best, especially in this season of nonviolence, to be the love that we came here to be to close the lid when we need to, to disclose and connect as our preferred way of interacting with those we care about. And if each one of us does that, and we as a community are all focused on that, think of what a force we create.